Today, I would like to pick an anonymous question from our bag. As you know, we have this bag hanging here in the front of the classroom, and everyone has the opportunity and the privilege to put in a question, and I read the question. And I ask everyone to put it in anonymously. Do you know what anonymous means? All right, don't all answer at once. Anonymous means that you don't put your name on it. All right, let me pick one out here. Oh, perfect. Excellent. All right, it's a great question. Unfortunately, the person doesn't know what anonymous means. Okay, here's the question. He, I heard, I didn't remember, but I heard that many schools start Chumash with Parshas Vayikra. And they learn a Pasuk or two in Parshas Vayikra before they go back to Voracious. Why do they do that? Sammy jumped out of his seat. Hey, that's my question! Sammy, these questions are supposed to be anonymous. But, in this case, it doesn't matter. That's a very good question, Sammy. And let's talk about it. There are a lot of reasons given. But I would like to share with you one reason that I think is very powerful for you boys to hear. You know, the Parsha of Vayikra is a Parsha that talks all about different karbanos. Now, in English we tend to translate the word karbanos, or karbon, as sacrifice. And some people don't like that terminology, that word. But really, it does capture an important part of what a karbon is. A karbon is that a person gives something of themselves, gives something important to themselves, gives something that's valuable to themselves, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. For example... A person spends money on his animal that he brings to the Beis HaMikdash. Or a person spends his time going to the Beis HaMikdash with his animal. A person has to become tahar. And it entails a lot of hardship and difficulty sometimes to bring a carbon. And Chazal teach us that one of the lessons of carbonos that we could apply to our lives is that to become close to Hashem, a person has to be willing to sacrifice a little bit for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Reb Meir Shapiro from Lublin, do you know who that is? Yes, Yikusiel. Um, uh, he, he's my next door neighbor. Reb Meir Shapiro from Lublin? Yeah, he, he, he just came, he moved uh, a few weeks ago from Lublin. His name is, oh, it's Moshe Shapiro. Oh, I'm sorry. Anybody know Avramo? He, he, isn't he the person who, who made Dafyomi? Yes, he's the founder of Dafyomi. So he said this idea, that we start with Vayikra to teach the concept of Mesiras Nefesh, of a person has to be willing to be uncomfortable for Torah. As a matter of fact, yes, Sammy? You know, so, sometimes in class, I'm, 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 I'm hot or I'm cold. Is that Mesiras Nefesh for Torah? That could be Mr. Snevishvatera. Could be. Could be. And, and y- yes, Maishi, sometimes I- I'm uncomfortable coming to class at all. I'd rather stay home. Is that Mr. Snevishvatera? Of course. That's Mr. Snevishvatera. Of course, of course. You know, let me share with you what Mayor Shapiro said inspired him, part of what inspired him, obviously, to become such a great Tamad Chacham. 
And it's not about his personal Messias Nefesh, but it's about how important he saw Terah was to his mother. Let me tell you about Rameer Shapiro. Rameer Shapiro said that one night he was sleeping in his bed and he woke up to the sounds of crying. And he realized that his mother was crying copious tears. Rabbi, yes, Sammy, what does copious mean? I'm not sure, but it's a good word in that sentence. So she was crying, and this young boy, Merla, Merka, as she called him, Mayor came over to her and said to his mother, Ima, Makara, what happened? Why are you crying? And his mother said, I'll tell you why I'm crying. Because today we had pledged that we're going to give the Malamed 300 ruble for a half a year of learning. That's a lot of money for a half a year of learning. And the Malamed didn't show up. And I think that maybe the reason he didn't come today to learn with you was because it wasn't enough money for him. But even that amount of money, even 300 ruble of money, is so hard for us to come by. And so I don't even know what we're going to do. Mayor looked at his mother and he said, No, he didn't come today, but I'm sure tomorrow he'll come. I'm sure he'll accept our money. And Meirka's mother, or Mayor Shapiro's mother said to him, Do you think that it's so easy? He'll just come tomorrow. But what's going to happen to the fact that today you didn't learn any Torah? And Rameer Shapiro said, from here he saw how his mother was willing and so concerned about giving up everything so that he could learn Torah. Even if it was very expensive. Yes, Nassim? You know, Rabbi, my parents wouldn't give a, even a, one single ruble for me to learn Torah. That's a very strong statement to say, Nelson. What does that mean? Well, my parents live in America. Why would they give any rubles to anybody to teach to, to teach me Torah? They'd give dollars. All right, Nelson. Very good joke. Okay, but but we're not joking right now. But I want to tell you another story which which will knock your socks off. I hope it doesn't knock Sammy's socks off. They might smell, and then the whole room. Abramo, Abramo, Derek Hertz. Ah, all right. Here we go. This is an incredible Misa with a great Rav. His name was Rebleib Kamenovich. Rebleib Kamenovich's father's name was Reb Usher. And Reb Usher was not Zeichet a lot of money. He was a big Talmud Chacham, but Reb Usher was very poor. And the time came, the time came for Reb Usher to take Labela to Yeshiva for the first time. To cater for the first time. A lot of people did it in those days at the age of three years old. When the kid got his up, Sharon, he went to the yeshiva, he went to the cheder, and he learned Torah. And he didn't just go to the cheder to learn Torah, he stayed there. That became his dad. From then on, he went to cheder. And the day that Reb Leibola was going to be going to cheder, he was so excited. Reb Usher was so excited, he couldn't contain his excitement. And his wife, Reb Usher's wife, Leibola's mother, she woke up way early in the morning and she said all of the Hillim in order to prepare for this momentous occasion, the joy that was emanating from them, from these two parents that their son was going to begin to learn Aleph Beis was lo yu'umen, impossible to believe. 
And they were so proud of every day that he went to yeshiva. Every day that he walked out the door, they didn't cheer and say, Shoo, Baruch Hashem, he's out of the house. <laughs> they said, wow, we're so lucky that we have a son learning Torah. That's probably what your parents say when you leave the house. Yes, Sammy? Actually, I, I know that Chaim doesn't think that way. Who, who's Chaim? My brother. Oh, right, Chaim. He, he's very excited if, he get, if I leave the house, no matter why. So it doesn't matter if I'm going to learn Torah. Okay, Sammy, I, I don't want to get distracted from my main point. Let's focus focus on the main point here. So Reb Leib's parents, his father Reb Asher and his mother, they were so eager every day he left the house and every day he came home, they were full of simcha that he was learning Torah. And the day came when the Rebbe informed Reb Asher that Amir Tashem Tomorrow, the Bachram and the Yeshiva, the Bachram in that class, the kids in that class are going to begin learning Baba Metziah. Boy, oh boy, if Reb Usher could jump out of his skin, he would have. He was so thrilled. Reb Usher's wife, Labela's mother, was so excited. Her son was going to become a Ben Tera who studies Gemara who's able to delve into the words of the Mishnah and the explanation given by the Amoroyim, able to become a Tamad Chacham, because that's what you do when you learn a lot of Gemara. You begin to become a Tamad Chacham. Boy, oh boy, she was so excited, and his father, Reb Asher, Reb Asher was so, so excited. They were sitting around, and they were just, just, just quelling the Nachas. They were so excited. But there was a technical, there was a, there was, whatever, we'll have to deal with it. There was a technical issue, a technical issue that existed, and that was that in order to be able to learn Gemara, unless you know it by heart before you learn it for the first time, you needed Gemara. And Reb Asher did not have enough money to be able to purchase a Gemara for his son. Reb Asher's Pashat, he didn't have the money. Now you're going to say, well, what's the big deal? What's 10 bucks, 20 bucks? What's the big deal? So, the big deal is that in those days, Sfarim weren't so cheap. They were very expensive because even though there was a printing press, but many people did not have access to Sfarim. And there were not a lot of Sfarim available. And also, when you're poor, every 10, 20 bucks makes a difference. And the Rebbe Usher didn't know what to do. He thought about it. What should I do in order to be able to afford a Gemara for my son? And when he was sitting in bed at night, thinking about it, he came up with an idea. The next morning, immediately, as soon as the first minion was open, he ran to Davin with the minion. He davened, then he finished davening, and he took with him to davening his watch. Now, I don't want to mislead you. Actually, I scratched those words. I want to clarify for you. What does it mean he took with him his watch? It means he took with him the watch that he got as a bar mitzvah present that he, Reb Usher, received from his own father a bar mitzvah present. In those days, that was probably the only thing left that Reb Usher had from his father. He didn't have pictures he didn't have a drawer full of junk. He didn't have he didn't have videos. He didn't have a cell phone. What he had from his father was this exact thing. He had from his father this very nice watch. 
And after davening was over, he made his way over on the street to the watchmaker and watch seller, to the watch store. And he asked the man behind the counter, how would you like to buy my watch? And the watchman said, ooh, looks nice. All right, I'd be glad to buy your watch. And the watchman bought Reb Usher's watch. And now Reb Usher had enough money, not an incredible amount of money, but enough money to buy a Gemara Bambetzia for his very dear son, Labala. And so Reb Usher now turned and began his trek to Reb Aaron, the Meicher Svarim, Reb Aaron, the Svarim seller. And he took the steps towards Reb Aaron, and he was thinking about what size Gemara he'd be able to afford for his son. And he comes to the store to find a Gemara Baba Metziah for his son, Label. He arrives at the store, feeling happy and feeling the money in his pocket. As Chazal say, Odom And he opens the door to Reb Aaron's farm store. And his jaw drops to the floor. He bends over, he picks up his jaw, reattaches it. And he says, hey, what are you doing here? I mean, he says it in a much nicer way. He sees standing there in the store, Reb Aaron, the seller's store, is his wife, Reb Labela's mother, Reb Usher's wife. What? How? Why? What? Huh? What are you doing here? Reb Labela's mother, Reb Usher's wife, says, What do you mean? What do you mean, what am I doing here? Today, this morning, my son Labela is starting Gemara. He's starting to learn Bab Metziah. How's, how's he going to be able to learn if he doesn't have a Gemara? I have to buy a Gemara for my son Label so he can become a Talmud Chacham. So you can be Isaac and Teres Hashem Yisparach. <laughs> but <laughs> Reb Usher said, stumbling over his words a little bit. But 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 where 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 where'd you get the money? Where'd you get the money? We we don't even have money to pay the milkman, and you're finding money to to buy a Gemara. Ah, I'll tell you what happened. When I woke up this morning, I took my special scarf that I got from your mother as a gift for our wedding. That was your mother's gift to me when I was your kala. And I took it to a neighbor who was very interested, who had told me in the past how beautiful she thought it was, and I sold it to her. And I sold it for enough money to buy a Gemara. And then I took the money and I left the house, quickly coming to her Aaron's store, to select the correct Gemara for our son, Reb Lebula. Uh-oh. Now Reb Usher and his wife, in the store of Reb Aaron, this farm seller, had a fight. Reb Label's mother and father had a fight in this farm store. Usher said, I'm going to buy the Gemara for Lebula. It's my mitzvah. I have the responsibility to teach Torah to my child. The Gemara says that it's a father's responsibility. So I, with the money I got from my watch, 
I'm the one who's supposed to pay for the Gemara. <laughs> but but Label, his mother, said to Rabasher, no, 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 you make a mistake. We know that the Mishle says, that a person should not turn away from the terror of his mother. That when a child is young, it's his mother's job to make sure that he learns Torah Kadesha. And therefore, my money from my scarf selling should be the money used to purchase the Gemara for our son Label. And they were arguing. Each one arguing. It's almost funny because they were arguing about something that the Gemara Bab Metziah kind of talks about. Shnaim Ochaz and Betalis. If two people are holding a garment and one says, it's mine. And the other one says, it's mine. And here they were kind of arguing. The Gemara is mine. Uh-uh, the Gemara is mine. I'm the one supposed to buy it. Now Rab Aaron didn't know what to do. And he scratched his head probably. I don't know. He wasn't, I wasn't there. And then he says, ah, I have an idea. Why don't Rabasher you take half the value of the Gemara and give it to me? And Mrs. Rabasher, why don't you take half the value of Gemara and give it to me? And together, you'll buy the Gemara for your son. A compromise. Kind of like the Gemara says you should do. Ah, very good idea, Rabaran. Rabasher said. And so they did. And they each went home with half their money in their pocket or pocketbook and half of their money in the Gemara. But what second? They couldn't walk out of the store. Because when Rabbi Aaron took the Gemara off the shelf and handed it to the two people who were standing in front of him, Label's parents, Rabasher reached out his hand to take the Gemara. And Rabasher's wife, Label's mother, reached out her hand to take the Gemara. And Rabasha said, uh, 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 I'm carrying it home because I have to give it to our son because it's my mitzvah. Because it's a mitzvah on the father to teach his son Torah. And Rabasha's wife said, Nah, it's the mother's responsibility to bring this Gemara home and give it to her son to teach her son Torah. And the fight started all over again. The same exact fight a second time. Again, Rabarin, the foreign seller, came to the rescue. And Rabbi this farm seller said, why don't you take it home and you'll each carry it together? And so they did. And they came home carrying the Gemara together. They were carrying the Gemara like it was a treasure box, like it was worth a million dollars. And they took the steps to their house. Their tears were pouring out of their eyes from joy. They were so excited to have the opportunity to give Label his Gemara with which to start learning Torah. And the Sefer that talks about this says, this message was a message that Label took to heart. How much his parents really wanted him to learn Torah. I guess maybe Rabbi Aaron, this farm seller, told him the story, I don't know. And he realized how much his parents wanted him to learn Torah. And what they were willing to give for him to learn Torah, to sell the watch for the bar mitzvah, to sell the scarf from the chasana. And that motivated Label to work even harder and be Meishu Nefesh himself and to give from himself to learn Torah. And here's where I have to tell you something very important. The students who are listening to this, certainly today, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayikra, Tov Shin Pei. There's a certain element of Mesiris Nefesh, of sacrifice that every one of us is experiencing in school today. 
when you get on the phone and you listen to your Rebbeim, when you do a Zoom and listen to your Rebbeim or watch your Rebbeim and learn, it's, I think it's much harder to do than to sit in class. When you're sitting in class and the Rebbe's going around handing out tickets, handing out Torah bucks, handing out candy, handing out patch, uh, I mean, I mean, maybe, not, 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 whatever, but then it's easier to learn. It's much harder to learn when there's that, not that same motivation, when there's not that same, when there's not that same in-person experience. And therefore, we're all giving Messiris Nefesh for Torah. And hopefully, Mirza Hashem, in the merit of giving Messiris Nefesh for Torah, that we're being Mirza Nefesh now for the learning of Torah, every one of us will become great Tamir Chachamim. Every one of us will steig and grow a lot, a lot, a lot of Torah. And will be Zoha, Mirza Hashem, to go back to school and learn, even without Messiris Nefesh, or maybe with a different Messiris Nefesh. Yes, Sammy? Rabbi, I'm confused. I'm in class. Right, Sammy. I'm talking right now to the people who are living in reality. You live in the world of make-believe. All right, but thank you so much for joining me. Have a great Shabbos, and Mr. Shem will meet again on Sunday.